This episode is brought to you by the generosity of our listeners. And I start every morning with the belief that I am courageous and I am a masterpiece and I am here to serve. That's author, speaker, and founder of Big Voices Rise, Kelly Resendez, on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And we're coming at you with another episode to put your faith to work with the Bold Idea Podcast. We're so glad you're a part of this show. Armin and I truly do uh, enjoy the opportunities that we have to visit with our guests and also just to pick up some of the wisdom that they have from it. But we really like being able to share that with you. So we so appreciate your being a part of this episode. Today on the program, we have Kelly Resendez. Kelly is the author of Big Voices and founder of BigVoicesRise.com, a women-empowered network. She serves as the executive vice president of Paramount Partners Group, a mortgaged financing firm in Roseville, California. And she travels and speaks to audiences nationwide. You're going to love what Kelly has to say. And Kelly, we want to welcome you to the Bold Idea Podcast. Hi there. I'm so excited to be here with you and the listeners. Yeah, well, we're so glad to have you as well. And, uh, you know, we know from the, or at least our listeners know from the short introduction that I gave about you, that you're all about empowering women. And uh, you do that on your bigvoicesrise.com website and by speaking to audiences all over probably all over the world, I don't know, but at least all over the U.S. Tell me, what does it mean to empower women? I guess we hear a lot about that, and it seems almost like it's trite anymore that everybody wants to be empowered. But what does that actually mean when you think of it? Yeah, so for me, you know, I know that my purpose is to impact the lives of other people so that we really can be our highest self while we're here. And the Big Voices movement, you know, really just focuses on women, but I'm here to serve everyone and share the wisdom with everyone. And and really what empowerment means to me is that you fully believe in your soul, that you are a masterpiece. That doesn't mean that we don't have an opportunity to grow and, and learn and, and try new things to become a better person every single day. But in your soul, you know that today you're a masterpiece and that you can create whatever possibility it is that you can envision for your life with the help of God. Mm. And so that really is what fully empowered means. You know, so many of us live from a place of fear or doubt or worry or anxiousness or whatever that you know, darknesses that drives you and and being fully empowered just means that you have that flow of joy and hope and faith that guides you in your life. Mm. Well, I love that word masterpiece because it does remind me of what David said about us being God's handiwork, right? And, um, and there's this handcrafted idea behind it that it's unique and, uh, and an element of that that is just the only thing the thing that only God could do, right? In terms of the creation that we are. Absolutely. And yet so many of us don't believe that, you know, it's that we are unique and different, not better than just unique and different. And that's why I love, you know, just that idea that we all are a masterpiece. Yeah. So how do you know, I'm just kind of thinking for the females in our audience, because you're kind of addressing them initially. I know we're going to go 
into this a little bit more that it's not just for women, but how do you know if you're not empowered? I mean, what is a, what does unempowered look like? I guess is <laughs> yeah, the so flip the opposite side of that, right? is going to probably describe the majority of people that are running around out there where it's constantly, you know, feeling out of balance that there's a lack, whether it's just a lack of resources, time, energy, you know, physical well-being, emotional well-being, et cetera, where you don't feel like you have the power to change your story and create a new vision for your life where you feel stuck and potentially even hopeless that you are smart and you are amazing and you are enough to be able to create what it is that you want. Mm. Why is why is this important to you? I mean, what's your story? How does how does this ministry and this uh, drive that you have to empower women, how did that come into be? Yeah, so my story, you know, started really in 2002. And I was an extremely successful loan officer. I was a high six-figure earner, you know, really had it all. I had the beach house, the mansion, et cetera. And at that time, you know, I was eating at my desk. Church meant Christmas, maybe Easter at best, not just this solid connection. If I prayed, it was because I wanted something. <laughs> and I really just had this this lack of joy in my life. Even though I had created a lot of external success, I didn't feel that way internally. And at that time, my mom, who was only 57 at the time, got diagnosed with dementia. And the person that I had always turned to for her approval, the person that I was always trying to please, you know, no longer cared, mm. honestly, what mm. I was doing. And, you know, this kind of started a trifecta of events in my life from my mom being diagnosed to my grandmother, who, you know, is a saint in my eyes and really was just that person that had so much confidence and humility simultaneously, which is diagnosed with cancer. And then it started us down a path, um, unfortunately, with some challenges with my sister. And those three things just made me fall to my knees and start asking bigger questions like, what am I here for? Why am I working this hard? Like, if if I'm just going to end up like my mom, like, what what's the point of all this? And I started to really, you know, dig deeper into my own consciousness and, and look at the mirror and really have to ask myself tough questions like, who am I? And so this journey has taken me over a 15-year period of just, you know, actualizing my own potential, drawing closer to God and understanding prayings about His will, not my own, really giving Him the glory and gratitude that He deserves on a daily basis. And what that's done for me is it's enabled me to share and get to this place where contribution and impact are what you know, really fulfill me when I know that I've made a difference in somebody's life with something I said, or maybe my story did, you know, it really gives them that hope that they can experience their situation differently. And that's what it's about. You know, so many people think it's always about changing their circumstances. And I'm all about teaching people how to change how they feel without changing their circumstances. Mm. And that is a process that you have to just be willing to be open to. You described your attitude toward church earlier as on Christmas and maybe Easter at best, I think, if I remember <laughs> right. And yet, as you described this part of your story and the transformation, it sounds like your faith was a big part of that change. It was. How did you go from it being very peripheral to being central in your life? 
Yeah. So when I started on my personal growth journey, just to be totally transparent, you know, I turned to spirituality from a place of just consciousness. Like, how do I seek to be more present in my life? And, you know, there's so many great Buddhist principles that are out there that speak to that. And I still hadn't turned um, to God and to Jesus yet at this point, I was just seeking wisdom. And, you know, I went down this path and, and I only got so far to be honest with you, like I had created a lot more, um, I would just say success for myself internally, but I still wasn't filled with this level of joy and gratitude that I still knew existed out there. And it really wasn't until, you know, probably six, seven years ago where I just, I, I, I made that decision. Like I need, I need to give this a try. Like I've always told people that I was a Christian. I believed in Jesus. Um, you know, I, I completely bought into that, but I didn't practice it fully. And so I made a commitment, like I'm really going to pour into this right now. And doing that, I reprioritize my life and I put God first. So I put God before my emotional and physical well-being and trusted him. And so I made just changes, like I'm going to read the Bible every single morning. That's the first thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I pray continuously that I'm going to find a church that I'm more connected to. And and during that journey, it really just brought me to a place where I connected on such a deep level. I really believe spirituality is about creating spiritual habits that are going to keep us consistent and and disciplined so that we can continue to follow what God wants us to. So did you just wake up one morning and decide, you know, I'm going to, enough of this, where's that Bible? I'm going to start reading that today and every day going forward and I'm going to start praying and or did or was there somebody that walked beside you and kind of I wish it was that easy but there was a catalyst um you know I was brought to my knees my sister struggles with some mental health challenges and had a psychiatric breakdown and I was trying to help her and her three children and during that season like all of the wisdom in the world that I'd acquired on my journey thus far wasn't getting me through every day mm. Like I had anxiety. I was completely just coming from a place of fear and uncertainty. And it was the only place I could go. It was the only thing that I hadn't tried. Mm. And when I did that, you know, I, for the first time in my life, honestly felt like something was holding me up. And before that, I was self dependent. You know, I'd created a massive amount of success for myself. And, and learned so much, so much goodness, but I really hadn't felt that place where someone else is carrying me and I just need to keep showing up and following and trusting and allowing for things to unfold and not get to this place where I feel like I need to control everything. So that was my bring me to my knees moment where I surrendered and, you know, since then, I've surrendered over and over and over again um, because I've needed to let go of different things that I didn't even realize that I was still carrying mm-hmm. so that I can continue to, you know, have that massive faith and hope that God has got me. Mm. So, Kelly, now that you're helping other people kind of do the same thing that you had to do, what are the biggest challenges you face getting uh, the people that you're coaching or the organizations that you're coaching to kind of follow along in your process? Yeah. So what I would tell you is that Big Voices is about inviting people, just inviting them in to try something new, 
to, you know, put together some some new strategies that are going to help them overcome predictable triggers and thoughts and patterns that as men or women that we repeatedly have. And so in studying, you know, neuroscience and psychology after I went down this mission is just figuring out like we've got to pull some of the things out of the darkness. We've got to identify what some of these blocks are in order for you to feel connected to the vision that God sent you here for. Because that's the challenge that many people face is that they just, they don't even know where to start. So it's one thing when somebody says, I've got a vision and I've got goals and I just need to be held accountable and and maybe I just need to sharpen some skills or develop, you know, new new ways of being able to overcome things, but that's not the reality of where most people are. Most people don't know where to start. And so trusting completely that when you start praying for what God wants for you what gifts he's given to you, how you can use them, and you really are clear about what help you need in order to be able to identify those things, I, I really believe that God will show up and just the the entire world will be orchestrated around creating success and joy for you. So if, uh, if, if someone is kind of disconnected from the praying to God thing, what, what, what would be a practical advice or a practical step you would have them take to start the process? Yeah, so spiritual habits is really the key, is just dedicating a certain amount of time every single day and whatever you need to focus on at that moment. Maybe it's cultivating more gratitude or becoming more patient or loving your children more unconditionally. Whatever that aspect is of your life is just handing it to him you know, fully just believing that if I hand this to you and now I set my intention that I'm going to practice it over and over and over again, that I'm going to see the changes that I want because I do believe that too far too many people wait. You know, they just, they wait and it's about praying and starting to take action towards whatever vision it is that you want to try to create. So for myself, I had to do a lot of guided prayer. I had to do a lot of guided meditations to help me become more conscious. I sought the help of mentors, leaders, and kept myself in proximity to other people that were also Christian, that also wanted to cultivate a stronger faith rather than surrounding myself with people that were going to distract me with things that really weren't going to serve my higher power. So it's this combination of just creating a practice for yourself whether it's you know 20 minutes before you get your kids up or it's 20 minutes before you go to bread, just making that commitment that you're going to give God that priority that he deserves in your life. I have a mental picture of you, Kelly, maybe a little bit painted by your your background as a executive in financing and some of what you've said about spiritual habits that it may be something else that you said earlier too about how you think about what you want to do and you just start applying yourself to doing it, like reading the Bible every day, or in this case, you're talking about praying. So how do you go about discerning the spiritual habits that you are going to instill? Are, do, you, do you set out a path to do that? And is it as intentional as I'm hearing? Or It is. Yeah. I mean, okay. In my life, it is. Okay. Because the way that... the way that I kind of look at things is that we have to be developing our spiritual habits and our emotional intelligence simultaneously, simply just to deal with what life throws at us. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is just figuring out like what area of your life do I want to achieve mastery on? 
rather than dabble in 10 different areas. Cause most of the time when people really, you know, do their goals or anything, it's just, they, they lack focus in one area of your life. So if your relationships are suffering, then you need to prioritize the relationships and really just focus intensely on learning new communication strategies or, you know, learning more about the opposite sex or whatever that looks like so that you can strengthen that relationship and then trust that that's going to spill over into every other area of your life. And so I'm not a dabbler. I'm an absolute, when I put my mind to something, I'm going to to try to achieve mastery in that level before I move on to something else. And so some of us, you know, I would just tell you what what I'm seeing is that there's just so many women that are worn out right now Mm. and they're trying to be superwoman. And, you know, I use a dialogue all the time. I mean, I create scripts for myself for things that aren't easy. And I'll actually say like, you know what? I love that idea, but I just don't have the capacity right now to take that on because I know where my capacity level is in my life to be able to give. And when I exceed it, I shut down. I get overwhelmed. My schedule's too heavy. So we've got to identify where that capacity level is at the same time, prioritizing what's going to get us the largest gain in our life. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. I mean, of course, we love our corporate sponsors, but I really love it when we have an episode that's sponsored by our listeners. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree with you. It's the best compliments we ever get is knowing that people are out there that want to invest in this to keep this going. And I think everybody knows, I hope by now, that we are doing this as really as a passion project. Neither of us take any money from it. In fact, it costs us more yeah. than we are getting even in sponsorships to put this program out on the air. So every little bit helps. That's right. So if you want to help invest in this and keep this thing going, we'd love to see your support. Just go to boldideapodcast.com forward slash donate. And remember, every donation you make is a tax deductible contribution and comes from the bottom of our heart. A sincere thank you. You know, earlier you mentioned your mom and and that uh, when she got Alzheimer's, she wasn't able to then give you the feedback that you were looking for from her on <laughs> what you were doing in your life. Do you do you think that a lot of women are in that same situation where they're 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 living out and and looking to maybe please somebody that's important to them in their life and um, maybe living out of that need to be recognized and approved by somebody they care about. Yeah. So there's this combination that I would say, and this isn't universal to women. This is, I mean, just as many men suffer from the same thing Mm -hmm. is this desire for significance and a desire to be perfect. And when you think about perfectionism, it's just how am I pleasing other people? How do they view me and see me? And so we can be driven by this. And most of us are driven by this until we finally have an awakening of sorts. And, you know, my awakening with my mom, I, I just knew the writing was on the wall. I was living my life the same way that my mom was. And I was burning the candle at both ends. And I didn't want to get dementia. Mm-hmm. And so I made massive changes you know, really for myself at that moment. And so you've got to just take whatever experience you're having and really just make sure that you make changes immediately. 
So that was a wake up call for you to take a look at your own life and see where it was headed and just to make sure you didn't uh, end up, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the listeners to have this wake up call, but I can tell you when we're seeking that external significance and perfectionism, our life lacks meaning. It lacks joy because there's never going to be enough. There's always going to be a critic. There's never going to be enough significance. And I refer to my former self as my billboard girl because I was constantly like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it starts young. It starts really young for most of us. And we've got to stop this because we are emptying ourselves continuously, burning out. You know, 20% of women are on antipsychiatric medication today. Wow. And the majority of those, it's depression and anxiety. And those are caused from increased levels of stress, cortisol, adrenaline, et cetera, where we just don't feel empowered to be able to handle our lives. And so we've got to see this as a serious issue that we don't need to live that way. We can write new rules, we can write a new story for ourselves, and we can start prioritizing love and accepting that there's one person, one, not person, but there's one, you know, there's an audience of one. The audience and that's, of one. I turn up, God is it. Yep. I mean, I know he's proud of me. I know that he honors the work that I'm doing on his behalf right now. And it's always enough. Mm. It's always enough. And so I feel that way, where if I was looking to other people, I would never feel that way. Yeah, now that's what you tackle in Voices, right? The I'm, I'm guessing in, in your yeah. Big Voices book that uh, you, you deal with this dimension of what it is that we're, the, the in, inner dialogue perhaps that we're carrying. Yeah, so in, in Big Voices, really what I do is is after unpacking the ugly truth of really where we are, um, I go into some of the areas that are just common for women and and the and what voice you listen to is definitely one of the areas that will change your life. And so I I really coach women to say that we have two voices. We have our big voice, which is our most high, you know, highest authentic, amazing voice that says you are a masterpiece and you can do whatever you set your mind to. And then we have this little voice, which, you know, you might call it the enemy, your ego. There's so many different ways to call it that says the exact opposite. And it says things like, I don't like myself in pictures. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have enough money. I'm not going to be able to do these things. And when you're able to sort and qualify these thoughts. And that's really the first level of consciousness is realizing you are not your thoughts. Because I can tell you that God did not give you any thought that says anything other than I forgive you, I love you, you are beautiful, you are amazing. So any voice other than that one, we've got to be able to really just pass those thoughts up, not let them have a place in our life, not allow them to change our state or how we feel. So you've got to use strategy because overthinking is really what's affecting our well-being. It's not what actually happens to us, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not what happens in that moment. It's the thoughts about what happened that just ruminate and and continue to haunt us for days, weeks, years. I mean, some people are carrying resentment, anger, whatnot for for, you know, decades. 
and it'll eat you alive. Well, you know, this is such a huge area. I mean, I hear everything that you're saying and I, I can see that. I'm not only in my own life, but I've, I see it in others as well. And I would imagine that there's a number of our listeners who might be saying, yeah, I'm that person that Kelly talked about earlier that I, I can identify with it, but I'm not sure what to do about it. I'm not sure where to go. What would you tell them, Kelly? How would you tell them to get, how to get started in addressing some of these things that are holding them back? Yeah, so on, on our Big Voices Rise website, I've got basically an essentials toolkit for them and we'll give you um, where they can download some free gifts as well at the end. But basically, you've got to be committed to writing a new story for yourself. So first and foremost, you've got to accept the way that you've been feeling or living is not in alignment with what God wanted for you. And so you make the decision. You make the decision to move forward and you start with what are my biggest priorities in my life? How do I reprioritize my life so that they actually come first? And then how do I create a new vision that I'm clear on what help that I need in order to be able to move forward, set some goals for yourself, identify how you sabotage yourself and and what some of the patterned emotional triggers are that you might be able to minimize in your life. And once you kind of get that foundation set for yourself, then it's just about living intentionally that's in alignment with what your vision is. And, you know, one of the things, Larry, that we talked about before the show was really that a lot of us have to do some other deeper work to remove blocks that might be stopping us from being able to see that vision. And so the blocks are, you know, it can come in in different forms, but there's really three blocks that I work through with women when I do some healing work with them. Mm -hmm. And the first one is just this myriad of stories and limiting beliefs that they have and have had for, for forever. And a lot of them come from childhood that really are just protecting you from, you know, living outside of your comfort zone and protecting you from taking risks and trying new things and, and other things like that. And so you've got to figure out what this shell is, what this little voice has kept you small for so long so that you can shatter and basically just, you know, ask for God's help in eliminating those things. Write some new dialogues for yourself. I love the I am's. You know, if you really look in the Bible, that's in there, I believe, seven times is just that power of I am. And when I start every morning with the belief that I am courageous and I am a masterpiece and I am here to serve and love and whatnot, it just keeps me guarded for the rest of the day so that I can spread more joy. So that's the first block, I'd say, is you got to figure out what those limiting beliefs are. The second one is just loneliness. So many people are afraid to share what's really going on in their heart and seek the help of other people, you know, like like you guys that would offer this level of support if they if they brought out some of their struggles from the darkness and took the shame away and just said, "Hey, I'm human. I've sinned." or I'm struggling or whatever that is. So you've got to take yourself out of isolation and ask for the help that you really need. And then the third thing is the deepest belief, like the deepest without doubt that when you have this vision that God has created you with and you know what help that you need, that he is going to be there and he is going to unfold it for you. And it doesn't mean tomorrow. 
You know, most of us live in a microwave world where we want it really quickly, but you have to have this deep belief that he is going to unfold this for you and your job is to be patient and to keep showing up and taking action towards it. So those are three blocks that I would say, you know, really tend to stop people from being able to write a new story for themselves. So you've got to decide for yourself, like, where do I need to start the work? Do I need to start eliminating the blocks or do I feel good enough to start creating my vision today? Oh, that's good. Well, I I'm imagine the blocks are like, they're going to be there at some level, like a peels of an onion, you know, that they're going to be, or onion, <laughs> onion skins of an exactly. onion, whatever the thing is. But uh, the third one you mentioned, deepest belief of about God, um, that he'll he'll unfold that. Um, I'm guessing the block is not believing that God has the ability to do that. Yes. Or, yes. Okay. I got. You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The block is that we don't really believe God it. cares. Maybe like yeah. Maybe you're just like well maybe it'll happen. It mm -hmm. is in your soul. Mm -hmm. Like it is a soul shaking belief that it's going to unfold for you. Like the uh, line from the Blues Brothers, "I'm on a mission from God." Yes. <laughs> that yes. conviction, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, that comes with praying for his will. You know, I have goals and I have a vision for my life. And yet every day, you know, I make sure that I pray. And if there's anything else that you want for me, I'm open. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go where you go. Mm -hmm. Lead me and I will follow. That's good. Now, your website tagline says, increase joy, reduce suffering, and think differently. I mean, that sounds about right, and it's not just a women thing. I mean, I think us guys can use the same advice that you're giving to women to apply it in our own lives. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything definitively female here or feminine here that is, um, I mean, I know that's your audience, but, that, but, but the truth of what you're saying applies equally yeah. to both men and women, and, right? And the audience is anyone that believes that as women become more empowered, the entire world changes. Mm. Like the entire world changes. And we're still responsible for more than half of the child rearing responsibilities oh, yeah. and, and taking on a lot of things. You know, consumer spending, we're the ones that are responsible for the majority of it. We mm -hmm. are so powerful and we're so powerful to support men as well. But when we put masks on, especially, you know, the masculine mask, because we think that we need to become masculine in order to succeed in business, everyone is devastated. Yeah. And so this movement is about empowering women all over so that every child, man, anyone that's out there that's really suffering, you know, we have first world problems here. I always joke and say, you know, a crisis is in my house is when the Wi-Fi goes down and my son is playing Fortnite. That's a crisis <laughs> in my house. And, and across the world, you know, there are people that are starving or being violated. And it's, it's just, we've got to do something about it. That's great. And I, I'm like really liking what you're saying here. I, I can see so much application to it. Kelly, tell us what's your next bold idea? Yeah, my next bold idea is that in in really just having conversations with people across um, the nation is I need, I really want to release a training which is going to be coming out in the next probably 30 to 45 days that gives people this ability to write a new story for themselves. And this is going to be for men and women. And it really just addresses how to create 
more joy without changing your circumstances. So for some people, they might need to get a new job. They might need to leave their relationship or or whatnot. But this is about changing your own perspective. And I'm going to be giving some tools and strategies to people that are going to be able to apply those to their own life and just start creating new feelings of joy and gratitude on a daily basis. Mm, That's good. Well, I can tell that you're going to lift the spirits of a lot of women and, and men too that listen in to the conversation and can take advantage of the, the tools that you're creating. How can our listeners uh, get a hold of you, learn more information about what you're doing? Yeah, so we actually set up a special page for you and your listeners today Sweet. at bigvoicesrise.com forward slash bold idea. And what we have for you is we've got a free download um, for a free chapter from my book, Big Voices. I've got a stress reduction video for you. And then the Big Voices Essential Toolkit that covers a lot of what we've talked about today, clarifying your priorities, getting your vision, your goals, how you can reduce self-sabotage, think differently, and, and really just be able to write a new story that you're experiencing more joy and not creating some of the suffering that you might be experiencing. Yeah. Well, if you're one of those people that just don't know where to begin, or even if you do and you want some additional resource, that sounds like a great place to go. Kelly, we'll have the link that you just mentioned on our show notes, but I want to thank you for being a part of our program today and wish you the best success and God bless you in what you're doing here to empower women. And also, I think, as I mentioned, I, there's nothing here that that doesn't uh, you know apply to us men as well. I mean, we need the spiritual disciplines. We need to address those same blocks that you just mentioned as well. So uh, kudos to you, Kelly, for your bold idea and leaning into this and going out to uh, to share that with the world. Well, and I wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have selfless people like you, Larry and Armin, that really are just committed to spreading God's, you know, wisdom and joy with people that probably need to hear it. So, you know, I I wish you guys just a lifetime of blessings and thank you for having me today. Oh, great to have you. Thanks again. Okay, Armin, that was Kelly and we like to chat about our guests after the they leave. Yeah. Sorry, backbiting, right? (laughs) (laughs) I like Kelly. I like what she has to say. And this idea of helping people. I mean, you know, she mentioned empowering women. And uh, I can see that. I can see the dimension of need there. But I think, you know, my whole world is saturated about the needs of men. And of course, I'm thinking about my own needs as well. But (laughs) so I see a lot of what she says, though, as being directly applicable, whether you're a man or a woman. Right. In, in terms of that kind of transformation that needs to take place. Yeah, I think what really stuck out to me is that um, we quite often talk about the what men need, what women need, but I guess, I guess what hits me is how similar both are because I've gone through the exact same process that she's talking about, but it was directed to men only. Mm-hmm. And now I hear it from a women's only perspective. And again, it, it's... It's almost identical. I, I almost don't see the difference. Not, not saying that she's taking anything from anybody else. I know this is from her and this is her unique process, but uh, there really isn't that big of a difference in terms of getting unstuck, well, man or I, woman. You know, I think God created us all with a God-shaped hole that we all need to fill with him. And yeah. we won't find it in others. You know, even she was talking about her st- story with her mom and, you know, the wake-up call with her her mom and dementia, you know, made me think about the degree to which as a young man, I tried to also please my parents and mm-hmm. trying to find ways to get 
words of affirmation from them, acknowledgement that I'm okay, that yeah. I have something. And I think that there's just something inside of all of us where we want to be okay. We want mm-hmm. to feel like we're okay. And I love how she described that uh, what ends up happening is we limit our thinking and what that is there for. I love the way she said this. It's there to protect us from risk. Mm. And uh, when it's there to protect us from risk, it keeps us from doing anything, stepping out of our comfort zone, you know, putting our faith to work because, you know, Jesus, Jesus called, (laughs) kind of snuck that in there. Uh, You know, but Jesus called Peter, you know, okay, come to me. You know, it's like, uh, you know, come on out, get out on the boat. Yeah. You know, but but Peter had the idea, hey, if it is you, Lord, then bid me come. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, all right, that's that that's some foresight there. It's like yeah. not a normal thing a fisherman would think of is to say, Hey, um, that water I pretty much know that I I can't do that, but I saw him doing it and and I think I can do it. And yeah. so I think there's this idea that inside of us we all want to be um acknowledged for what it is that's inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, from from little kids, we want to put that on display. And when we right. get older, we just find more sophisticated ways to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, and complicated. And what I like about what she's describing, at least in the blocks that she talked about, I, I kind of saw those blocks as uh, three very simple things. Bad beliefs, which is that first limiting beliefs, yeah. right? Isolation, which she described as loneliness. And then the third was, uh, you know, disbelief, which yeah. is we don't believe God really cares or will do or, you know, he, he, that he has that in mind for us. And, uh, I can see you're excited about something. <laughs> okay. Give you, give you a minute to come up with it. <laughs> but I was, I was really, uh, drawn to the, the fact that I think all of us have these limiting beliefs. And when she says they're there to protect, protect us from risk, I really thought, yes, that is in many ways the thing that keeps us from stepping out with a bold idea. And we may feel like, yes, we're there living for something bigger than what we're, we think we're capable of right now, but we don't either know how to begin or we're fearful about beginning. And in many ways, that's kind of the dashboard light on the car in car dashboard that says, hey, something's wrong. You've got a yeah. limiting belief. Yeah. Because if God created you as a masterpiece, he created you for good works and you are not engaging to the potential that you believe you are, then it's clearly in his will that you would, but you're not. So what's keeping you from doing that? It isn't God. Right. It's something inside of you. Yeah. And that's your limiting belief. And it's eating away at you. Yeah. And it's eating away at you. So here's the thing I was excited about looking yeah. up is, uh, so, you know, my favorite topic in the entire world is the weirdest topic of all, which is the Athlete. topic. No, well, that that's my personal favorite, I guess, <laughs> where I, which I don't share about. Um, but it's it's the Brene Brown research on shame and vulnerability, and one of the things that they did, right? They did this. Uh, the they did the research asking the question: What are the what are the uh, societal norms that men and women have to conform to mm. um, to feel normal in our society, right? So this is what I was trying to dig up to make sure I was actually going to say it right. So they came up with four things. Again, the the question is: What do women need to do to conform to female norms? In America. Yeah. So here's the four things. All women have to be nice, thin, modest, and use all available resources for their appearance. So one more time, nice, thin, modest, and use all available resources for their appearance, right? And uh, I don't remember any of that being in 
Proverbs 31, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the only reason I say this is um, just to, just to I, I guess, point out how important it is what, what Kelly is doing because women, uh, and I see it in my wife so often, and one of the stories is, you know, when we were just driving, she just, just given birth to our first daughter. It was maybe four months later, saw some picture and some billboard that made her feel fat and literally started crying yeah. in the car, right? Yeah. And if, if that billboard was a person, I'd want to knock it out, sure. you know, shamelessly. And uh, so this, this, the word that she used is masterpiece, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, and I, the thing or the reason that stuck to me so much is I love the fact that she's drilling home something in people that is based on their identity that is God given versus these identities that their society that we live in is constantly pushing on yes. them to make them feel either fat or not nice. And everyone always says, well, what's, what's wrong with being nice? Well, be a woman in leadership and act like a man and being a, a being stern or, you know, making a line in the sand. And all of a sudden you're, you're no longer a strong leader. You're the B word. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 women deal with so, and I can't empathize. I'm not a woman, but I, and I've watched it so much that the, the whole concept that she ha- she has behind telling women that they are a masterpiece and helping them to accept and believe that identity they have, I think is what's so incredibly uh, significant about what she's doing because I do feel like that is one of the biggest challenges I watch my wife go through. Yeah, and I think uh, early, very early on in the episode, she specifically pointed out that unique identity and that we're each different. Yeah. And I think part of that is in many ways to create an acceptance of a cultural acceptance of that unique differences right. and that, that God has his own special fingerprint on each of us that is not going to be like the other. And so often don't we want to be making people in our own image? You know, we hang around people that look like us or sound like us or talk like us or act like us because we don't want to be outside of our comfort zone. Being with people who are different than us pushes mm-hmm. outside of our comfort zone. And right. so it's much easier to criticize people who are, Uh, overweight, you know, have a weight problem if we don't, Yeah, you know, who are not successful if we are, or who are successful if we aren't, Yeah, you know, anybody who's the opposite Opposite. of what we are, we want to find a way to give ourselves approval Mm -hmm. by criticizing the person, the attribute of the opposite of what we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like uh, what she had here in terms of this uh, identifying those blocks because if we're going to pursue our bold idea, we we do need to give voice to ourselves as a masterpiece. We need to kind of recognize that fact that God's created us as masterpieces that are not going to be cookie cutter of anybody else. (laughs) It's going to be something special and different that uh, God has for each of us to do. And that is what we have to give rise to. That's a real call, a real call to bring that right voice out yeah. as a masterpiece. And I think that's that's what Kelly's calling us to. And I applaud that. Yes, I do too. Kudos to her. Thank you for what you do, Kelly, if you're listening to this. Oh, I hope she's listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to check out the show notes where you'll find the link to the page that Kelly was talking about in this interview You'll find their show notes at boldideapodcast.com slash seven, eight. You'll also find a place where you can leave us a comment. We'd love to hear about what your thoughts are about uh, what Kelly had to share. Maybe some of the, your own insights in that matter. Maybe some of the blocks that you face. 
And uh, we'd love to hear more about that. We'd also love for you to share this with your friends and write a review if you would. Uh, go to boldideapodcast.com slash review where you can leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you get this podcast. We want to thank you again for listening to this show. And until next time, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying so long and go put your faith to work. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.